Back in June 2019, in our first season of the Someone to Tell It To podcast, we interviewed best-selling author and leadership expert John Gordon. In our conversation, we talked about trust, how trust is one of the essential ingredients to building great relationships. We're looking back at that episode today because we believe strongly that for the very best relationships, trust is absolutely vital necessary, and indispensable. John is going to be the featured speaker at Someone to Tell To's ninth annual gathering this coming September 26th. We're so excited to see him again and to have him bring a positive message after a year and more messages around the world that were filled with fear, devastation, and loss. We hope this look back at our conversation with John two years ago will be one you enjoy whether you are hearing it for the first time or whether you are listening to it again. So enjoy. So John, it's, it's, it's great to have you here. Um, we want to, we want to start with a quote. And, uh, you know, you, you talk a lot about purpose in your books, your speaking, your coaching. And there's a quote that we're not sure exactly who wrote it. Some have attributed it to Mark Twain, some, <laughs> some to William Barclay. So you take your pick. Um, but it, 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 what really matters is what the quote says. It says, the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. We love that. Was there a defining moment in your life when you knew the why? Yeah. Oh, totally. It was the day my wife came up to me and she said, you know, I, I love you, but I'm not going to spend my life with someone who makes me so miserable. You need to change. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Out of that negative moment, I prayed. I said, God, why am I here? I know I'm here for a reason. Why am I miserable? And I realized I was so miserable because I wasn't living my purpose. And I asked God to tell me what that purpose was. And writing and speaking came to me in that moment. I'll never forget it. I, I didn't hear like this loud voice that said, you will write and speak. But I heard in my mind, it was like, you're here to write and speak. I I'm here to do that. And I knew in that moment that that's what I was going to do, like my mentor Ken Blanchard had done for so many years. He was one of my heroes at Cornell. And so I said, I'm going to go do that. And that's going to be my path for the rest of my life. How many years had you guys been married at that point? My wife and I have been married about four years, three, four years. Yes, that was a pivotal moment for sure. Big time. And I started this journey of, of trying to be a more positive person to be a better husband, a better father. I had two small children at the time. I was allowing the stress and the fear of life and all of the the worried emotions and, and the feelings of not being able to provide for my family and what happens if I don't succeed and what about these two small children? And I was allowing all that fear, all that emotion to get the best of me. And that stress was beating me down. The fear was consuming me. And in that moment, I had to learn how to trust. So you had mentioned Ken Blanchard a moment ago. Ken obviously is a dear friend of ours, and that's actually how we got to know you. Uh, a few years ago, we were down in West Palm Beach, Florida, visiting Ken. Ken had invited us to a conference that you guys were co-leading together, and we were privileged to be able to attend. And I remember, this is Tom, for our listeners, I remember walking into this, this room where you and Ken were standing up front, and you came up to both of us and introduced yourself to us, which is so true to who you are uh, and everything that we hear about you. Uh, but we didn't know what you looked like. And so you came all, all the way up to us to introduce yourself. And um, and as soon as obviously once we knew who you were, uh, we just made the connection instantly. But just uh, really appreciated the fact that you went out of your way that day to uh, to welcome us and make us feel appreciated. And and obviously the conference was just fantastic and and really um, cemented our love for for your writing and your speaking and your workshops and everything. And we've just been following you uh, ever since. 
I appreciate that. I, I have to say, I, I don't remember you guys at all. We assumed that. Yeah. We figured that. No, out. I'm just teasing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. I totally remember. We even talked about it. And you had even started a, a Facebook page around your nonprofit. So I, I, I do remember it very close, and uh, oh, wow. very like it was yesterday. And I remember you telling me that in that moment and even uh, talking about your affiliation and your work with Ken on that. And so uh, that was our conversation. So I, I, I have a really good memory, so I'm able to remember a lot of things. And so I, I, I do remember that moment. So, we are impressed. Yeah. So th thanks, thanks for, thanks and for telling us that. And if you didn't remember us, that would have been okay too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this is also important for our listeners. We had reached back to John shortly after that conference and just said, hey, would you be willing just to maybe endorse our work or as you learn more about our work and and uh, possibly, you know, maybe do a newsletter blast. And, and John, I remember your response in one of the emails. You're like, I don't know if you guys are ready for that, because I do have a pretty substantial following at this point, which that was many years ago. And we're, we're glad that things have worked out the way that they have, because now we're at a different place as an organization. And uh, we think we are ready. We hope so, we're ready. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah no, you're ready now. That's definitely. Yeah. yeah. We'd like to talk about trust. That's an important, we think a very important thing in getting people to connect with, with one another and people to get to know one another, that trust is, is really essential. And uh, in your book, um, Soup, you have discussed how trust is one of the most essential ingredients uh, to building a great relationship in a you know, winning team and a culture, a culture of greatness. And uh, you, you write about that, you know, without trust, you you can't have engaged relationships and without engaged relationships, you're not going to be a successful leader or manager or salesperson or team member, principal, teacher, nurse, coach, whatever. And you had a list of 11 things, 11 reminders you wanted leaders, colleagues, team members to know about how to build trust. We'd like to talk a little bit about that. And first of all, why do you say that trust is so essential? I remember my mom telling me, don't ever lie to me because I lied to her about something. And she said, don't ever lie to me because if you lie to me, I can't trust you. And if I can't trust you, we can't have a relationship. And that's where that came from in the book was really from my mom's words. And we know that we have to have trust to be able to count on each other to be able to have a strong relationship, to have a strong team, because it's that trust of knowing that you can count on that person, that that person cares about you, that they will do what they say. And it, if they're moody, you can't trust them either because you don't know what to expect from them if they're moody. So a lot of times when I talk to teams, I actually talked about talk about how moodiness can sabotage a team. Mm -hmm. So if you yeah. have that trust, if you have that that bond that I know I can count on that person, I know that person's not going to talk behind my back. I know that person is looking out for me like I'm looking out for them. That person is focusing on we, not me. Once you have that trust, I believe it's tribal, right? We have to trust each other for our survival, also for our our health, our wellness. We're going to need each other at some point and have to count on each other at some point. And it's that trust that allows us to have this great relationship. We agree. Uh, and, and in the work that we do in listening to people and and hoping, helping to enable them to to be vulnerable and to open up and to share the depths of their of, of their hearts and their souls so that they can find you know, release and, and healing. We know that trust is essential for that because most people are most of us are not going to open up and share the depth of our of our hearts uh, unless we trust. Yeah, great point. And so that is so important. And we resonated so very strongly with this uh, in your writing and appreciate it so much. So we loved this when we, we saw this post that you had made about this list and you had asked your listeners, your readers, what, what did I miss on this list of, of, of 11 attributes or characteristics of trust in a team and a company and organization? And we didn't leave a comment, but we, as we were looking through the list, one thing that we noticed that wasn't on the list that we, uh, we would love you to talk about is, is laughter and just joy. But you didn't leave a comment. Yeah, we did not, but we will. <laughs> we promise. We want, we want you, we want yeah. you to comment. Yes. <laughs> we would have grown so much from your insights on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what would you say? 
just in our work, we deal with such heavy matters. I mean, people generally don't reach out to us through someone to tell it to unless they're carrying some heavy burdens. And so we find that laughter truly is one of the greatest medicines because it, it does lighten people's load. It lightens the burden. It uh, reminds us that there still is goodness and things worth celebrating in the world. Um, you know, and, and obviously we all go through deep, deep trials and tribulations in life, but we also believe strongly that we can all rise above our, our trials um, through moments of, of peace and calm and serenity and, and, uh, and, and goodness. Hum- and humor. Yeah. And humor. Yeah. yeah and, I th- and I think the number one thing that we're, we're asking of the people that we meet and interact with, even strangers on a plane, you're thinking, can I trust you? When we meet people, we're subconsciously thinking that. And when you have someone that you can tell something to and you know that you can trust them and you share, once you do and you're vulnerable, that vulnerability then paves the way for a meaningful connection. And that connection and bond then leads to commitment. And then once you have commitment, then you have a strong relationship and a strong team. I always say you have to have connection first before commitment because you'll never have commitment without connection. So it's the connection that leads to the commitment. So, so there's, a, there's a process that has to take place for, for trust to occur. It's not like right away I could just know I could trust you, but there's a sense that I can. And then over time, that trust is developed by someone's actions and by their follow through and by their integrity and how they live their lives. So here's another list that you've had in your recent writing. You said five ways to love your team, coworkers, and family today. And I'm just gonna read them and we'd love you just to expound upon them. Number one, make time for them. Number two, obviously we resonated strongly with this one, listen to them. Number three, recognize them. Number four, serve them. And number five, bring out the best in them. Yeah, these are from the energy bus, actually. And that's right. Five ways to love your passengers. All these ways allow you to build that relationship and let people know that, that you're there for them. Listening is one of the best things you can do. We're not very good at it, right? Because we're all trying to talk. <laughs> but when we when we do listen to someone and hear what they have to say, we let them know that we care about them. My wife, when I listen to my wife and she's like, all right, you know, you're really listening to me. This is great. Once I, when I do that, it, it's amazing how we, we develop a, a stronger bond. If I'm on my phone, if I'm busy doing something and I'm not taking the time to listen, well, then I'm not showing her that I love her. We all know the book about love languages. Everyone talks about that. And so how do you show someone you love them? These are some ways that, that will demonstrate the love for them. Yeah, that's something we've just always really valued about your writing and your speaking is that you care deeply about making sure things are well at home and that you practice what you preach at home uh, because it shows and your teammates at work know it and can sense it. And so, um, again, we just really appreciate that about you. I mean, if you're not investing in the root, you will not have a great supply of fruit. You may have a short term harvest, but it won't last. You have to make sure that you're investing in that root and your relationships and the people that matter most. And I had to learn that lesson over time. It wasn't always the way. I mean, when my wife almost left me, I was not someone who was devoting my energy and time to being a great dad and a great husband. So Hmm. I had to learn to invest in that root, but I have seen the fruit of doing that. And I've seen the impact on my marriage and my kids 22 years now, my wife and I have been married and Mm -hmm. I would say we have, we have a really strong marriage and it's something we've worked at a lot. How hard was it for you to change in, in, in that regard? What were some of the struggles that you've had as you've tried to do that? I wouldn't say it was hard. I would say that it was about getting out of yourself, you know, getting away from yourself and moving towards others, moving away from me and being about we and really focusing on other people. So I wouldn't say it was hard because to be honest, in my faith journey, God changed my heart. So my heart started to change from the inside out. You can't care because the book says so. You can't care to check a box like, all right, today I'm going to do this and this and this to show that I care. (laughs) That's not how it works. It's 
got to come from the heart. And so when there's a heart shift, a heart change, that changes everything. So I would say that that was the biggest thing that happened was a heart shift. But of course, there are times we get narcissistic. Of course, there are times we focus on ourselves. And it's in those moments where you have to learn to put the other people first in your life. You have to take a deep breath, slow down, say, okay, I'm going to put them first and then I'll get to this afterwards. And somehow, some way it always works out is what I've learned. You think you have to do it now, but say I'm writing a book or working on the project, I would put my family first. And then when I needed to, next thing you know, the energy flowed and I was able to finish the project in a, in a miraculous way. And it just somehow came out. And I think when you put first things first, as C.S. Lewis said, second things increase and expand. Way, there's another question we had for you. You've often written that we often have to lose what we thought we wanted to find what God wants for us. Yeah. And when has this occurred for you? All the time. I mean, I wanted to be the next Deepak Chopra Wayne Dyer years ago. <laughs> and my wife has a letter that she, well, it was a letter she wrote me, but never shared with me. It was almost like a, a journal entry. And she read it to me the, the other day. And it was like, um, you, you talk about all these things you want to be, you talk about doing this, this, and this, but you're not living it. And it was like, wow. And um, so I thought I wanted to be that, but it didn't work out. I got on the Today Show and four weeks in a row, a great series millions of viewers this is when those today shows and good morning americas had the world's attention <laughs> and a after that um you know things fizzled mm -hmm. and it was during that time that god was molding and shaping me and developing me to being who he wanted me to be and then i wound up writing the energy bus yeah and that book would go on to become a bestseller sell two million copies it would it was everything i wanted to be but my picture wasn't on the cover I've never put my picture on a cover of a book since, and I, I never will. A uh, little small thing in the back cover, but not on, on a cover of a book. And so that was just one example. I wanted to be in politics, and I was a government economics major, and I ran for city council of Atlanta, and I lost my first election. Wow. And I, I walk, you know, walked door to door to 7,000 houses, and I thought this was my future, and I lost that election. But that led me into the future to find my destiny. Sometimes you have to lose a goal to find your destiny. And that's what happened to me. We've read much of your writing and I don't remember reading that or learning about that. So that appreciate your openness. Yeah, I've shared that on, on a little bit on social media, but really haven't written any books yet. And um, But it is fun to you know post at different times during political season and things like that. But I, I've, you know, I, I know a lot about politics and you know, I've thought about even running at some point now, but I would only run for one of the highest offices there there is if I ever did it. And it would be to really create change. But I just don't think that that's in my future. I would only ever do it if I thought, okay, I want to try to change the world. And I was really, really adamant about doing it and thought that I could do it. It's getting pretty dire right now and scary where the world's going. Like I, may have, I may have to run yeah. sooner than later, but, but yeah. <laughs> we'd vote for we'll, you. We'll be looking for you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. It, it gets so negative. And do I really want that type of energy in my life when mm. I could just focus on making people better one person at a time and trying to inspire and encourage people one person at a time? And yeah, I don't have the biggest platform. Um, at all, but I at least can do it where I am and, and, and on a daily basis and on a weekly basis and via the talks I give and social media and so forth. So, you know, perhaps I can make a bigger impact that way, but the injustices that we have and, you know, in the world in terms of um, what about all the people who get arrested that don't have the resources? What about the people that are put into jail because of the color of their skin? And my dad was a New York City police officer, so I am very pro-law enforcement. I don't want people to think that I'm not, but there are justice system and the way it plays out i have seen and having experienced it i thought okay this is you know this was something that woke my wife and i up to what's what could happen what happens in the world and maybe how we can rectify it so you know i'm getting more and more driven in that way to to just try to make a positive impact besides just sharing encouragement yeah. we appreciate that and and your passion 
and your your commitment to those kinds of issues because they they're so terribly important. So Thank yeah, thanks. thanks. Thanks for sharing that. We're really glad to hear that. Um, there's a quote uh, of yours. There are many, many, but here, here's one that we really love. And we want to you know, ask you a little bit about this. The quote is, remember, you have only one ride through life. So give it all you got and enjoy the ride. So what does that mean to you to give it all you've got? And to enjoy it, it means that so often we allow fear to keep us from the life that we want. Mm-hmm. We allow fear to hold us yeah. back and we never step into the life that God has called us to live and the life that God has for us. I believe that God has a plan for our lives, but we have to receive it. Like we get these ideas, we get these impulses, we get these visions, and too often we say, Oh, that can't happen, or we don't believe we're worthy. So we don't feel worthy or we don't believe it's possible. And so we're never able to receive what God has for us. Our job is not to doubt it. Our job is to say, okay, I have this idea, I have this vision. Maybe it's something I got to go for. And then say, all right, I'm going to take action. I'm going to believe somehow, some way it's going to be possible. And if it doesn't work out, okay, I tried and put it out there. What am I supposed to do next? And I think we allow the fear to hold us back. My wife and I moved to Ponte Vedra Beach, Jacksonville area from Atlanta. 18 years ago in June, and we were young, and my wife said, let's move to the beach. She wanted to move to the beach. I said, fine. I had a job in sales. I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills if I lost my job. I didn't know what the future held. I knew that my wife wanted to move to the beach, and we had a dream of living near the water. So we just said, hey, let's go for it. We're young. Let's go for it. We move. A lot of things happened. I lost my job. The dot-com crashed. That's when my wife almost left me. There were a lot of negatives, but Out of that came my vision, my purpose, my passion, started writing and Mm. speaking. And now uh, I get to live this life that that I could have only dreamed about back then. I'm doing what I love. I'm doing what I'm called to do. And it wouldn't have happened if I didn't take that leap of faith. So I know that people are meant to take a leap of faith. You only have one ride through life. I am 48 years old right now. So how many more years do I have left? How many more great years do I have left? Maybe 30, 30 great years, right? Brings me to 78, only 30 years. That's less than I've lived (laughs) right now. Maybe my mom passed away at 59. So I'm 11 years away from when my mom died. My dad who raised me since I was five, he just passed away a couple years ago. He died at 72. So you really evaluate, evaluate your life and you say, you know what, what am I so afraid of? Like, I could die tomorrow. Like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to enjoy this ride that I have. I'm not going to let fear keep me down. And I'm going to move forward with faith and trust. And I'm going to work hard to make it happen. And I think so often we allow fear to keep us from moving forward, from taking chances, and from going after the dream that we have in our heart. What are we so afraid of? We are not afraid. We are instilled with fear. It is a spiritual battle. So it's fear of not being enough, fear of of uh, not being loved, fear of not succeeding. It's fear of our identity that if we fail, this means we are a failure. Mm-hmm. You will always be attacked in the place of your identity. And when you know that there is an enemy And this enemy is always trying to instill us with fear and doubt and lies. And I ask people all the time, do these thoughts, do these beliefs come from you? And they say, yes. And then I say this, really? Who would ever choose to have a negative thought? Mm -hmm. Would you ever choose to have a negative thought? This blows people's mind because they're like, wait a second. No, I wouldn't. Exactly. Thoughts are always coming from a spiritual place in consciousness. They come in. Those negative thoughts come in that say, what are you, crazy? You can't do it. Your best days are behind you. You failed at this. You're a failure. Those thoughts come in. They're not coming from you. Your job is to understand that they're lies and not to believe the lies. Instead, you're supposed to speak truth to the lies. Speak truth. Walk in that truth. And the truth is you're here to do great things. The truth is you want to be great because everyone tells me they want, they want to be great because you know that you have greatness inside of you. And even if you're not living a great life or if you're an athlete, for instance, you're not performing great, you always have the capability to be great 
the next day, the next moment, the next opportunity. So there's always that greatness there. And so you have to understand that and not allow that fear and the the enemy's lies to keep you back. So where does it come from, the fear? I truly believe, truly believe it's a spiritual battle. They will tell you that, oh, well, the fear is about survival. The fear is about um, you know, wanting to be accepted by the tribe. But they can't tell me where fear of not performing well comes from. Where a professional athlete making millions of dollars who's already had incredible success when they step up at bat at the plate and they're playing a baseball game, where the fear comes from that says that if they fail, if this doesn't go well, that they are a failure, that they are not worthy. That is only being attacked in the place of identity and identity is a spiritual battle. So many of the folks who reach out to us just feel unworthy in their lives. And we're constantly trying to remind people and remind ourselves of our belovedness, you know, that we're unconditionally loved, that yes. we're all valued, that we all do matter, that we all do have or have been created for a purpose um, by God for the world. And uh, we love that you talk about how we are on mission to show the world uh, you know, that we are on mission, um, that, that we don't have to tell the world your mission statement, but we have to show the world that we are on mission. Show the world your love. You do that all the time with, with your mission and what you do. And people so often give up, not because it's hard. They give up because they get discouraged. And when they get discouraged, they just want to call it quits. And what you guys do is you encourage them. You encourage them with the love of God. And I love what you said because the ultimate truth is that you are a child of God and you are loved. Now, it's hard for people who are going through something to understand that in that moment. But if they could, if they could truly understand that and feel that and know that, then they would not be afraid. They would not feel fear in that moment. Their identity would be rooted in who they are in God, that they are, are loved by God. And they would understand that there's a purpose for their life and that they would then in that feeling, in that moment, then be encouraged and hopeful to continue to move forward, to live another day and to continue to work towards this plan that God has for them. And I think that's what we have to do. We have to let people know that too many people are giving up their lives today because they are discouraged. And so the enemy uses the, the lies, he distorts truth. He speaks lies and the goal is to discourage and to instill you with fear to keep you from the life that God has for you. But here's God's central question. Will you trust me? So it's this back and forth battle between the enemy wants you to believe his lies. God says, trust in me. And the enemy knows that if you won't trust God, you'll believe his lies. But if you'll believe in his lies, you won't trust God. God knows if you trust in him, he will show you towards your future and give you hope and a plan. And well, uh, he will show you a plan that he already has for you. And so it's that battle every day between the lies and fear and discouragement and truth and hope and love. And once you can see that how this battle is being played out, how this game is playing out, and you understand, you can choose, right? You can choose the light. Instead of the dark side, the force, right? Star Wars, the battle, of, right. the battle of good versus evil. And all those movies resonate with us so much because they represent the battle within our soul of good versus evil. And once you understand that that's the battle, then we take it on with good and with truth and with God and with love and we win the battle and we have an amazing life as a result of that. Thank you for listening to the Someone to Tell It To podcast. Wonders Found Thrift Shop is proud to be one of its sponsors. Wonders Found is an all-volunteer-run thrift shop begun to support our mission team as they rebuild homes in disaster areas. We support local missions, people experiencing homelessness, veterans, and children and youth outreaches. We also provide clothing and household items to families displaced by fire or flood. You can learn more at our website, wondersfound.org, or stop in to see what wonders you can find at 7810 Allentown Boulevard, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast.
John, we just are resonating so much with everything you're sharing here. Uh, one thing that we we love that you, uh, it's a practice that we've adhered to for several years is this idea of, of choosing a word to live by every year. And um, what's your word for for 2019? It's expand. Last year was connected, but this year is expand. And I don't want to expand the waistline, but I want to expand. <laughs> I want to expand my capacity to do all that. I know that I'm called to do this year. I wanted to expand this capacity. I want to expand my influence. So we started a training company. We're now developing positive leaders around the country and the world. And that's our mission to to develop positive leaders who make an impact on others in a positive way and change the world. So now we're doing that. We just had our first couple of trainings. They went amazing. So we're doing these public trainings now. So I need, I need to expand that. And we're expanding a consulting model where we're developing uh, teams to help teams become stronger, more united, more connected, more committed teams. So we have consultants that are joining us to work with teams to actually help them become more united and stronger. Because I feel like God wants positive leaders who will impact others. And God wants us to build stronger teams because it's the united teams and the strong teams that make an impact. And he wants us to be a strong team. Same thing with relationships. This goes for marriages as well. Same principles apply. So expand is my word for that. And then I know that I can't do it alone. So as I try to do it by myself, I can only expand the balloon with the air that I have. But with God, I, he expands the universe. So by connecting to that ultimate power source, I will be able to expand, but only through his power and not my own. Have you had an aha moment where you, you're like, I've made it? Uh, no. <laughs> you know, because you know, I, I don't ever feel like that. You know, my natural tendency is to continue to drive and expand and work and say, how can we do this better? How can we do this more? You know, I, I mean... I guess I should have had it when I was speaking to the LA Rams and the LA Chargers and the Dodgers and moments like that. I would say being with this company called Advocare and I was speaking at their annual meeting and they had like 10,000 people and I'm on this big old stage and it wasn't like a moment where I thought, oh, I've made it, but it was a moment like, wow, this is really cool and I'm grateful that I get to do this. So I think it's more gratitude and appreciation, but not like, oh, I've made it. I think once you've you think you've arrived at the door of greatness, it gets slammed in your face. <laughs> and so I'm always trying to make the next book my best book. The next book we have come out is called The Coffee Bean. It comes out July 2nd. So, you know, to me, I'm, I want to make that a successful book. And then I got this angst in me because I know I have another book that I'm supposed to write. It's been calling me now for 10 years. And it's a lot of the things I've been telling you about the uh, the spiritual battle and the negativity and the all that. So I know I'm meant to put that into a book and a fable. So I'm, I'm getting ready to write that. But I feel this angst as I'm getting ready to write something like that. Hmm. You mentioned your new book, uh, The Coffee yeah. Bean, and we were going to bring it up. So let's talk so about it. Perf perfect segue there. And so congratulations, first of all, mm -hmm. on having it published in, in just a few weeks. And what could you tell us? Would you like to tell us about, about the book and, and what led you to write it? I would tell you that it's a very small book. It's not a big book. You can read it in 30 minutes. It has pictures. So it's an illustrated fable, great illustrator work with us. So it's almost like a children's book for adults and we did pictures because we wanted men to read it that's why we included pictures um <laughs> it took us think about that yeah we got we got it <laughs> well, we, we have a launch team and we have all these people that have got an advanced copy and and it's funny because all these guys are like hey I, this is a book i i even could read so it's just funny um <laughs> but no I'm, I'm joking but but uh we 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 wanted to do it in a way where there was illustrations because we want it to be a very short, simple book because the main message is that when you are put into boiling hot water, if you put that carrot into hot water first and foremost, that carrot gets weakened and softened. And if you put an egg into boiling hot water, it gets hardened. So like you, if you, when you're in a pressure situation, a hot situation, in a difficult situation, you can get hardened like the egg and become bitter and angry. You can get weakened by your environment like the carrot, or you could be like the coffee bean. And when you put that coffee bean into boiling hot water, within an hour, it actually transforms the water into coffee. And so you have the power from the inside 
to transform every environment you're in. You're not a byproduct of your circumstances. You are not defined by your circumstances. Instead, you have the power to transform your environment and your circumstances. That's positive leadership. That's how you make an impact. That's how you change the world. And that's how you overcome the adversity and the challenges that every person faces in order to create the future. I believe you're absolutely right. It, it just seems that so many people um, feel as if they're defined by their circumstances and that they can't do anything about it. They can't change the circumstances. They can't help things be better. And and to, to have a positive message reinforced, uh, the fact that, yes, you can and uh, you're meant to uh, is so, so important. So needed. Totally. Yeah. So, John, it's graduation season, and what what kind of wisdom would you like to pass on to 20-somethings if you were speaking to a younger version of yourself? This is something I think about all the time because, you know, my kids are 21 and, and 19, and every year I, I send out some advice to graduates. I wrote a book called The Seed, which is a great book for graduates about finding your purpose and what you're meant to do. And so my advice to them is your dream job is often – something you haven't even dreamed about. Like we think that we're going to have this dream and we're going to find this magical job and, and then we're going to go achieve it. So often our dream job finds us through a series of events and failures and obstacles and a winding path. And then we wind up finding the job of our dreams. Very few people like Derek Jeter imagine that they'd be a, a New York Yankee and then become one of the greatest of all time. That doesn't happen you know, you're speaking to a huge Yankees fan here. Oh, okay, so, good. Yeah, that doesn't happen for all of us. So that's one advice I would say. <laughs> I would also say to graduates, you're going to fail. So it's okay. Try to actually fail. Embrace failure. Know that along the way, these failures will help you grow. If you're not doing something adventurous, if you're not failing, it means that you're not growing. It means that you haven't really put yourself out there. I have failed so much. When I say try to fail, it's not like I, I, you try to succeed, but just know that put yourself out there in a way that failure is going to happen as a result of going after something. And the more we fail, we learn and grow and, and we really become who we are through those failures. And a lot of you know graduates, I would also say that your dream job may not even be invented yet. It may not even be something that exists yet. And you have to realize that too. So, so become someone of character, of value, by caring about what you do, by loving what you do, by serving others. If you love and serve, you'll grow exponentially in your role, in your job, in your career, and also in your character. Then when the job comes along that, may, that you're meant for, you'll be ready for it. But who thought there would be a social media marketing person that would manage social media for a company 10 years ago? Yeah, that's right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, we love that in your writing, you talk about that it's, we shouldn't be striving after success. We should strive after what we love to do and success will just naturally follow. I always say, don't seek success. Instead, decide to make a difference and success will find you. So, so live yeah. with that passion. Yeah that purpose. Do what you love because if you don't love it, you'll never be great at it. And people say, well, I don't know what I love. Well, start doing things that you enjoy. Start doing things that energize you. If you're doing something you love, you will continue to work hard at it. If you don't love it, you're not going to work to be great at it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, one of the things we love very much is, is listening. Yeah, that's we we believe that that's what we've been created to do, made to do, and it, it gives us energy, it gives us joy. And one thing about listening is it's it's not passive. You know, it's an active thing. It's 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 more than just what we hear uh, through our through our ears, but it's also um, paying attention. You know, to a person's to a person's uh, body language to you know, to the, to the way they hold themselves or carry themselves. It's, and it's also listening and hearing deep down about what their emotions are, their feelings, their hopes, their dreams, their values, and, and what they love. And we want to know, can you think of a few examples of leaders or people who listen to you and how they may have shaped you as a leader 
and how they may have shaped you as a as as a person who is now out there you know in the world you know trying to change the world to encourage people to motivate them and inspire them it was definitely my parents my mom was a listener my dad you know listened a lot asked me what i thought a lot so they had a huge impact in my life no doubt about that i had teachers that listened to me and that spoke life into me and believed in me. And without those teachers, I would not be doing what I'm doing today. They encouraged me to work hard, to, to play lacrosse, for instance. One of my coaches did. I wound up going to Cornell University. Experience changed my life. So that would not have happened if I didn't have these teachers who listened to me and impacted me. When I speak to schools, which I do often, I love to talk about the teachers who who cared about me, who listened to me. It made an impact in my life. So I, w- I would say those are the folks that really, really encouraged me and listened to me and, and changed my life as a result of that. Yeah, we often say that when someone's truly listened to you, you just never forget it. You never forget them. Excuse me, what'd you say? I, so I wasn't awesome. listening. Yeah, that's right. Nice. You've never heard that joke before. <laughs> oh, that was really that, Should we cut that out, guys? Yeah. That was really bad. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. We, we actually, we love you again. Since we brought this up earlier, yeah. sense of humor. We, we think it's so important to laugh. And, yeah. and those kinds of things just diffuse us just a lot. And, it, it, you know, a lot of negative negativity. So thanks. Uh, I was just, that. I was, we, we, we've never heard that before. Like, oh, funny guy, Mr. Positive being funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, one of the things that we've been wanting to do is to introduce some of our team members who make up someone to tell it to. And today we're especially grateful to have Adam Porter, our connections and development officer with us. Adam, say hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for being with us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Adam, would you tell everyone who's listening what your job is here with someone to tell it to and then why you want to work for and with someone to tell it to. Sure. Um, So as Connections and Development Officer, uh, my role really is to make sure as an organization um, that we have the resources and uh, the people on board that we need to accomplish our mission of combating loneliness. Um, No organization, nonprofit, or business uh, operates in a vacuum or can do what they do for free. Um, So I make sure that uh, we have the the facilities, the people, the resources that we need um, to be able to to meet our mission. So we know that you're an entrepreneur by nature, and um, why why do you think it's important for us to put our feet in the sand that we're a nonprofit? We offer a service um, that is just so sorely needed um, by all literally every single person in the world needs what we do. Uh, But the traditional model of therapy, uh, medical insurance, that sort of world um, is inherently limiting. Um, So we want to be able to offer a listening ear, a friendly ear to anyone who needs it um, whenever they need it. So to be able to meet that goal, we have to offer our service on an individual basis, at least, um, for no fee, uh, explicitly. Um, if folks do want to help us pay it forward, we're certainly encouraging them to do that for us, um, so that we can continue our mission and continue uh, to serve others. Um, but this is not a fee for service. This is not, um, something that insurance covers. Um, so we have to keep the lights on another way. When the three of us were talking together about you joining someone to tell team, one of the things you said to us that impressed us very much was that you love to build things and you weren't necessarily talking about carpentry building, sure. or, <laughs> uh, you know, with a hammer and a saw and nails and, and whatever. You were talking about another kind of building. Would you like to just share with uh, with our audience what you mean by that and what you would like to build through someone to tell it to yeah um so putting in you know systems and operations in place to help an organization um, achieve its goals is is really exciting to me being able to start from not in this case nothing but i have in the past started from actually zero and built entire organizations, systems um, that serve others in some particular way. And to be able to go on that journey with someone to tell it to, I think is incredibly exciting. What we 
do is so needed and I, I've needed it myself. Um, so to be able to offer that to others um, is just makes me so glad to get up in the morning. We're able to offer something people that, especially until this year, they might not have realized they even needed. Um, but to do that in a, a thoughtful and efficient way um, still takes a lot of planning and organization and those sort of X's and O's, I think is the phrase Tom uses, um, are what kind of interests me uh, the most. So in the spirit of vulnerability, because this is a podcast all about vulnerability and openness at someone to tell it to, could you just talk a little bit about your story and why you have connected so deeply with the mission? Sure. Um, so uh, Michael and I worked at a different organization together years ago, what feels like a lifetime ago. Um, and he was the first person I came out to, um, understanding as a 21-ish year old, um, your identity and who you are in this world and as a man and as a person um, is something that's incredibly challenging when you're not, when you're different, when you feel other. Um, and Michael has never made me feel other. He's always been so approachable and welcoming um, that I felt comfortable enough to confide in him who I am and where I see myself in the world um, and especially that was at a time even only 10 or 15 years ago as a society we've evolved a lot since then so um, it was a, a much much more different time um, luckily I've gone on to have incredibly supportive family um, my mom rest her soul uh, her reaction was finally <laughs> um, so like I, and I kind of knew that all along but um, to be able to have experienced the work that would become someone to tell it to firsthand and not have even known that's what it was um, to be able to come full circle and dig in hands on day to day and get to do that work is, is so rewarding. How did that change your life? That experience? Oh God. <laughs> um, in every way imaginable. Um, I'm more confident as a person, I don't shy away in interactions where I might have otherwise. I'm willing to take risks and make decisions that I might have second-guessed or just thought, no, nah, that's not for me. Um, all because I had someone to tell it to, which sounds so <laughs> scripted. You've never heard that before. Right, I know, right? Uh, which sounds so scripted, but it's not. It's because I had someone who would listen to me, who would validate me unjudgingly, if that's a word, I was able to find my way. I knew Mike wasn't going to fix me. He wasn't going to offer me advice even necessarily, but he was just able to help me process what I was going through by myself, but not leave me feeling by myself, not leave me feeling alone. It was phenomenal. So this month of all months is Pride Month. It is. Mm -hmm. What does Pride Month mean to you? Oh, gosh. I've actually never been asked that before. What would you like it to mean? Yeah. I'd like it to mean that we can all be our authentic selves. Um, there's nothing more satisfying than knowing who you are and why you are. Um, but so many people live in worlds and communities uh, in families and workplaces that they have to hide that and that's a damn shame we are all better off each of us we are in a better place if we're able to interact as our true self with one another and that's I think why I would celebrate Pride Month is being who I am because I'm able to better contribute to the rest of the world well, Adam, we have a lot of pride in you. Thanks. And we are proud to have you as part of our team. We know you understand the, the mission very intimately and very completely. And that means a lot to us. And um, we're just grateful to have you on board. And we thank you. Thanks to you, too. So last question, Adam. How can people support someone to tell T's work? 
Sure. Um, in a lot of different ways, you can uh, volunteer to be a listener. You can go through our training at someone2.org. Um, you can sign up for an upcoming training. You can also donate. Um, like I said, we are not a fee for service. We don't accept insurance. We don't limit you to uh, a certain number of sessions and we listen in pairs. That's the biggest key to what we do. But it is frankly also um, one of the biggest challenges we face, but it produces the best outcomes um, over time. And all of that, frankly, does cost money. So if you feel free to uh, text someone to 44321, uh, go to someone to tell org to donate. Um, all of those ways are great great paths to help you can also check out our patreon um, to be able to uh, subscribe to this podcast on a recurring basis and help us fund this outreach um, and get it uh, into more headphones adam porter thank you so much for sharing with everyone today thanks everybody Well, again, we just are so grateful that you took some time to be with us. Yeah, just for, for all that you you are. I mean, everything that you instill upon others, that the messages that you proclaim, um, you know, you are having a significant impact in the world and you've had a significant impact in our lives. And then, guys, I want to recognize Ken Blanchard, too, for a second. I mean, I, we mentioned him a few times, but, you know, I do have sure, to recognize him because one, he's a mutual friend of ours, but without him there's no way I'm doing what I do. So he, he, yeah. he spoke life into me. He believed in me. He wrote the forward to the energy bus. So when people were picking up that book for the first time, they saw my name, but they also saw, saw Ken Blanchard forward. And I'm, I guarantee it's why they read it in the first place. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, if there, whenever there's anything I can do for him, you know, he asked me to do a retreat uh, with him for his church and I was there in a heartbeat like I'll do whatever he needs mm -hmm. and I'll always be there for him so he's just such a special person in my life and an amazing person and then I actually had a, a retreat recently where we did a, uh, a servant leadership workshop together in uh, California and it was so much fun as we did it together and we had all these people come from all over and I asked him to do it with me and he did it and it was just incredible. And he talked almost the entire time. He was like, he was, he was he, I, it was easy for me. I'm like, all right, this is the easiest workshop I've ever given. And uh, I even said, hey, Ken, can I say something? He looked at me and he goes, yeah, yeah, you could talk right now. And it was so funny. It was so funny. And because he was so on and he was like in his element and he was sharing his joy and he was making an impact. And it was just so great to do that with him and I'll, it was a moment I'll, I'll never forget and the people that were part of that with us you know it was like watching the best of the best do his thing you know towards the final stretch and now he's 80 and so really really special to have done that well, well thanks again this has been great I appreciate it thanks guys thanks Michael thanks Absolutely. Tom thank you so much This archival edition of the Someone to Tell To podcast with author and leadership expert John Gordon. We're so glad you joined us. We always are. It's impossible for us to emphasize enough how important trust is in developing, deepening, and maintaining great relationships. We appreciate John reminding us of this essential component for the best relationships. The reminder can never be forgotten. In a world in which loneliness and disconnection, isolation and disappointment are only increasing due to the global pandemic and to our over-reliance on technological connection at the expense of emotional and relational connection, we need this reminder more than ever. As we mentioned earlier, John Gordon will be the keynote speaker at our annual gathering on September 26th. He'll be in person here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania that day. The gathering will also be able to be joined virtually from wherever you are. Look for details about it this summer. So, until we listen again. <laughs>